You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank of gas. Today on the podcast, we are going to do a couple of different things. I want to start by breaking down the one thing that I think is different about the Buffalo Bills compared to the Rams and the Bengals, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. And then I want to get into a reflection time on the statistical projections that I had for the Bills offense entering the season and how that sorted itself out. But let's start with comparing the Bills to the Bengals and the Rams. And even though it's a tough pill to swallow, the Buffalo Bills are not a Super Bowl team and the Bengals and the Rams are. And so with that in mind, I wanted to just take a quick look at all three depth charts and identify the one spot that I think is fundamentally different that the Bengals and Rams have in common that the Bills do not. So let's do this very quickly. Quarterbacks, the Bills probably have the best quarterback of these three, but all three have high-level quarterbacks in Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Matthew Stafford. All three teams have stacked wide receiver rooms. The Bengals with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., and Van Jefferson. Of course, the Rams would love to have Robert Woods. He's injured, and we know that the Bills are stacked at receiver. At tight end, all three teams have a good player. Dawson Knox for the Bills, C.J. Uzoma for the Bengals, and Tyler Higby for the Rams. At running back, I wouldn't say that the Bills have as much talent, but their rushing attack is better than both the Bengals and Rams. The Bengals obviously have the best running back in Joe Mixon. The Rams have Sony Michelle and Cam Akers and kind of a, a committee approach there. But statistically, the Bills are by far the best rushing offense of these three teams. When it comes to offensive line, the Bengals have a very bad offensive line. One of the worst offensive lines in the league, and they're in the Super Bowl. And the Rams have a couple of good starters in Andrew Whitworth, Rob Havenstein, Austin Corbett, Brian Allen. But for the most part, it's Whitworth and a bunch of average starters. When you go to the defensive side of the football, the secondary, all three teams have really good secondaries with maybe one weak link, but for the most part, very complete situations. Both teams with good safeties, both teams with at least one top-tier corner, a good slot player. At linebacker, the Bills certainly have the most talent. The difference, the spot that is different, where I think the Bills don't stack up against the Rams and Bengals, is on the defensive line. The Bengals and Rams get far more production from their defensive linemen than the Bills do. And I want to break this down and give you some numbers. But 
as you simultaneously find yourself frustrated that the Bills aren't in the Super Bowl and that they've made a lot of investments on the defensive line, but don't measure up to the Bengals and Rams, and maybe even find yourself frustrated because the Bills have made those investments and they haven't produced impact players to this point, the reality is the Bills have more work to do on this defensive line. Let me explain. What I've done to prepare for today's discussion is I've taken the top five defensive linemen for the Bengals, Rams, and Bills, and I tallied up the amount of pressures that those players have created and the amount of sacks that those players have created in 2021. So let's go to the Bengals first. Trey Hendrickson, 86 pressures, 19 sacks. And for sacks, I am counting half sacks as a full sack. And that's consistent across the board. Sam Hubbard, one of their defensive ends, 64 pressures, 12 sacks. Larry Ogunjobi, an interior defensive lineman, 41 pressures, 8 sacks. B.J. Hill, another interior defensive lineman, 37 pressures, 8 sacks. And then D.J. Reeder, their nose tackle, 29 pressures, 2 sacks. So from their top five defensive linemen in terms of pressures and sacks, they received 257 pressures and 49 sacks. For the Rams, Aaron Donald, 102 pressures, 17 sacks. Leonard Floyd, one of their edge rushers, 70 pressures, 13 sacks. Von Miller, an edge rusher, 48 pressures, 6 sacks. Greg Gaines, one of their interior defensive linemen, 43 pressures, 6 sacks. And then Agbanya Okoronkwo, 21 pressures, 3 sacks. So a combined 284 pressures and 45 sacks. So the Bengals, 257 pressures, 49 sacks. The Rams, 284 pressures, 45 sacks. Let's talk about the Bills. Jerry Hughes, 55 pressures, 4 sacks. Ed Oliver, 48 pressures, 6 sacks. Mario Addison, 38 pressures, 7 sacks. Greg Rousseau, 36 pressures, 4 sacks. A.J. Epinesa, 25 pressures, 2 sacks. So 202 total pressures and 23 sacks. Again, 257, 284 pressures for the Bengals and Rams, respectively, 202 for the Bills. Sacks, 49 and 45 for the Bengals and Rams, respectively, 23 for the Bills. Well, Joe, the Bills rotate their defensive linemen, so it's not really fair to only include their top five guys. Okay, I hear you. Let's go ahead and add all of them. Let's add all of the rotational defensive linemen to the mix. So in addition to the five that I said in Hughes, Oliver, Addison, Rousseau, and Epinesa, let's add all the rest of them. Harrison Phillips, 25 pressures, one sack. F.A. Obata, 20 pressures, four sacks. Star low to Lele. 16 pressures, 4 sacks. Boogie Basham, 14 pressures, 4 sacks. Justin Zimmer, 9 pressures, 1 sack. And Vernon Butler, 9 pressures, 0 sacks. So when you add in 6 more defensive linemen for the Bills, you get 295 pressures and 37 sacks. 37 sacks is still behind the Rams with 45 from their top five. 
And then 295 pressures measures up with the Rams 284 and the Bengals 257 that they got with only their top five guys. And the Bills had to get to 11 players to just get in the ballpark with those other teams. The Bills are not getting enough impact plays from their defensive line. Certainly not to the same level as the Super Bowl teams, the Bengals and Rams. And that's where I want to focus our minds right now because otherwise these rosters compare quite favorably and I'd argue the Bills are a lot better than these other teams in several areas. But where the Bills don't measure up is the impact from the defensive line. I mean, the number one guy for the Bills in terms of pressures, Jerry Hughes, with 55, he would rank third on the Bengals behind Hendrickson with 86 and Hubbard with 64. And he ranked third on the Rams behind Donald with 102 and Floyd with 70. And then you go to the number one sack guy for the Bills, Mario Addison, with seven. And he would be fifth on the Bengals and third on the Rams. The Bills are not measuring up with these teams when it comes to impact plays from the defensive linemen. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, Joe, the Bills haven't been in a position to get an impact defensive lineman because they're not picking high in the draft. Well, Ed Oliver certainly qualifies. He's a top 10 pick. And Oliver's been a good player for the Bills. But 48 pressures and six sacks is middle of the pack for these other teams. Now look at this Bengals defensive line and see how they got these players. Sam Hubbard, a third-round pick, number 77 overall. And then the other four players they signed in free agency, but they weren't high picks. Trey Hendrickson, third round, 103 overall. Larry Ogunjobi, third round, number 65 overall. B.J. Hill, third round, number 69 overall. And D.J. Reader, fifth round, number 166 overall. So you don't have to have a bunch of top 10 picks to get this. I mean, even the Rams, they have their three premium guys in Donald, Floyd, and Miller who were first-round picks. But Gaines and Okoronkwo are day three guys. So it's not just because the Bills haven't picked high enough in the draft. It's they haven't quite hit yet on these day two players. And look, they're still young. Epinesa and Basham, they have an opportunity ahead of them to take a step and become impact players. But the point being, the Bengals were able to create this defensive line through really good free agent signings. So while the Bills are signing Mario Addison and Starla Tulele and Vernon Butler and those types of players, they're able to get Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader and Larry Ogunjobi, and they actually traded for B.J. Hill. And so the ability for the Bengals and Rams to assemble their defensive lines has been better than the Bills, straight up. They're getting more meaningful production, and the Bills are not measuring up. The Bills have invested the resources, but the impact hasn't been there. And so I know a lot of you guys are looking for help at receiver or help at corner or maybe even on the offensive line. But those are not the reasons why the Bills aren't playing on Sunday. It's because they haven't gotten enough 
out of their investments on the defensive line. And so it doesn't matter that they've invested in the past. That doesn't preclude and it shouldn't stop them from doing it again this offseason. They have to find the right mix of talent up front that can make plays because that's the difference between them and the two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as $200 to $300 a year in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march right up to the Super Bowl in a few days. BetOnline.net remains the number one spot for all of the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so before the season, I went through and predicted the statistical output for all of the Bills' offensive skill players. The quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, tight ends, and actually Tyler Bass. And so now I want to reconcile how I did. I want to see how my predictions measured up to how things actually went down. And I think in some areas I did pretty good, and in other areas I had a few miscalculations. But let's start with Josh Allen. I predicted 612 pass attempts. We got 646. I predicted 429 completions. We got 409 And I predicted a 70% completion percentage, and Josh Allen completed 63.3% of his passes. So I was in the ballpark for completions and attempts, but I was off by a little over 6% on the completion percentage, which obviously kind of throws off some of the numbers moving forward because you're counting on that completion percentage being a little bit closer, and it threw me off. I predicted... 4,896 passing yards for Josh Allen. We got 4,407. I predicted eight yards per attempt, and he only got 6.8. And right there, that yards per attempt miscalculation being off by 2.2 yards threw off the yardage. So I predicted 4,896 yards at eight yards per attempt. I got 4,407 yards at 6.8 yards per attempt. For touchdown passes, I predicted 41 with a touchdown percentage of 6.6. We got 36 touchdowns with a touchdown percentage of 5.6. So I was off by a percent there. I predicted 10 interceptions. Josh threw 15. And my interception percentage was at 1.6. He finished the year at 2.3. And then my passer rating projection was 109.3. Josh Allen was 92.2. So 
Me being off on completion percentage, yards per attempt, and interception percentage obviously threw off some of those other numbers, but I feel like I was relatively within the ballpark on a lot of those projections. I think weather played into this quite a bit, whether it was the Chiefs game or the Texans game, the Falcons game, the Patriots game. The Bills had four games this year that were significantly impacted by weather. And I would say that if they were normal conditions, maybe I would have been a little bit closer. But I'm not upset. I think I did good. Last year, I took a big-time swing on Josh Allen, and I came really close to what he actually put up. And then this year, I was a little ambitious with a few of the metrics, but I think the weather component um, played into it a little bit. But I think I did fairly well. Moving on to wide receivers, I think I did pretty good here. For Stefan Diggs, I predicted 118 receptions. He had 103. I predicted 1,430 yards. He had 1,225. I predicted 12.12 yards per reception. He got 11.9. And I predicted 10 touchdowns, and he had 10 touchdowns. And so if I would have known that the Bills were going to intentionally target Diggs a little bit less this year because they wanted him to be more fresh for the playoffs, I may have been a little bit closer on Diggs, but all in all, I thought I was relatively close on all four predictions. For Cole Beasley, I predicted 79 receptions. We got 82. I predicted 910 yards. We got 693. I predicted 11.5 yards per reception. We got 8.5. I predicted six touchdowns. We got one. And so the big thing for Beasley was the massive drop in yards per reception this year. And of course, the touchdown numbers weren't there. So not being close on yards per reception threw off the yardage projection, but I'm really happy that I had 79 receptions predicted and we got 82. For Emmanuel Sanders, I predicted 52 catches. We got 42. I predicted 660 yards. We got 626. I predicted 12.6 yards per reception. We got 14.9. I predicted four touchdowns. We got four touchdowns. And so I thought I did a great job there. That was a good forecast of what Sanders would do. And he lived up to my expectation. For Gabriel Davis, I predicted 37 catches. We got 35. I predicted 555 receiving yards. We got 549. I predicted 15 yards per reception. We got 15.7. I predicted five touchdowns. We got six. And so I damn near predicted. Gabriel Davis's stat line perfectly. For Isaiah McKenzie, I predicted 24 catches. We got 20. I predicted 220 yards. We got 178. I predicted 9.1 yards per reception. We got 8.9. I predicted three receiving touchdowns. We got one. So I was definitely very close on all of those predictions. For Dawson Knox, and even I underestimated his breakout season, I predicted 41 catches. We got 49. I predicted 475 receiving yards. We got 587. I predicted 11.6 yards per catch. We got 12. I predicted six receiving touchdowns, and we got nine. So Dawson Knox had an even better season than I anticipated, and if he didn't miss a couple games with a broken hand, his numbers might have been even better than they were. For Devin Singletary catching the football, I predicted 30 catches. We got 40. I predicted 225 yards. We got 228. I predicted seven and a half yards per reception. We got 5.7. I 
I predicted one touchdown, and we got one touchdown. For Zach Moss, I predicted 21 catches. We got 23. I predicted 150 yards. We got 197. I predicted 7.14 yards per reception. We got 8.6. I predicted one touchdown. We got one touchdown. And so for the Bills receiving numbers, I thought I did a really good job here and that things were pretty close. Now, moving forward into next year where there's probably going to be some new faces here and obviously a new offensive coordinator, I might not be as close, but I, I certainly feel like I had a good gauge on how these players would be used going into the season and the numbers fell pretty much in line with what I expected. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I'm actually enjoying eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate because all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they're low-calorie, high-protein, and you can replace your candy bars with these. They're actually better, and a typical candy bar has anywhere from two to 300 calories, and there's so many great flavors. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and Built is always coming out with new flavors, and it's all about taste at Built. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Got a deal for you? Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's uh, close things out by looking at my predictions for the rushing totals for the Bills. And I got to the good end result here, but I didn't necessarily have it divvied up the way it actually went. So let's work through it. For Devin Singletary, I predicted 153 rushes. We got 188. I predicted 741 rushing yards. We got 870. I predicted 4.8 yards per carry. We got 4.6. I predicted two touchdowns, and we got seven. And so, as you're going to see here in a moment, I thought Zach Moss would have a more prominent role in the offense, and it's skewing more towards Singletary definitely threw off my projections for the individual numbers, but you'll see at the end, I was pretty spot on with the overall rushing output for the team. So for Zach Moss, I predicted 170 attempts. We got 96. I predicted 782 yards. We got 345. I predicted 4.6 yards per carry. We got 3.6. I predicted seven touchdowns. We got four. And so Zach Moss obviously carried the football like 80 times less than I thought he would. and Average one less yard per carry. And so obviously that threw everything off. For Josh Allen, Josh Allen had a better season running the football than I anticipated. I predicted 100 attempts, so we got 122. I predicted 450 rushing yards, we got 763. I predicted four and a half yards per carry, we got 6.3. I predicted eight rushing touchdowns, and we got six. So Josh Allen had a better rushing season than I was anticipating. Now, here's the good story to tell when it comes to my predictions for the Bills' rushing offense versus how it settled. And that's by looking at the entire output of the team. So for the season, I predicted 463 rushing attempts. 
we got 461. I predicted 2,153 rushing yards. We got 2,209. I predicted 4.7 yards per carry. We got 4.8. I predicted 18 rushing touchdowns. We got 20. And so I did a really good job of coming up with the totals, but the distribution based on Devin Singletary claiming the job, Zach Moss being faded, and Josh Allen having an even better year than I anticipated threw off those numbers, but the end result really lined up with what the Bills actually did, and I'm pretty proud of that. As for Tyler Bass, I predicted he would go 30 of 36 on field goals. He went 28 of 32. I predicted he would go 59 of 61 on extra points. He was a perfect 51 of 51. So all in all, pretty satisfied with where this all ended up. I think my predictions were pretty close, and I look forward to doing them again this year, but Again, it's going to be a little bit different given what we expect to be some new faces on this offense and obviously a new play caller in Ken Dorsey. So I'm not sure if I peaked in year four of predicting things with Brian Dable and Josh Allen, but we'll find out at the end of the next season. And I look forward to at least trying going into next year at some point later in the offseason. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast and this week. Hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, next week is going to be fun. I've got a couple of guests lined up for some good discussions. And of course, we'll do herd mentality and we will do some of the performance review stuff for the defensive side of the football. But segment one today was a pretty good primer, if you will, for my emphasis on the defensive line this offseason and some of the things that I'm going to say about them next week. So Make sure you don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Enjoy your weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.